0: Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It just says really, very simply, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed you, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's blessed us in Christ, in us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Second Peter 1, 3 says, His divine power, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, to the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. We go from utter and abject spiritual poverty to spiritual abundance. Spiritual abundance that defines our lives the moment every spiritual blessing Everything that we will ever need pertaining to life is given to us in our knowledge through our knowledge of Christ. Everything pertaining to our own godliness is given to us through our knowledge of Christ. Simply stated in Jesus, each of us is rich, loved, accepted, and empowered. It is who we are if we know Jesus You see, in the context of the language here that Crystal used, she uses this language of the seed. And the seed, right, we're used to the mustard seed in Scripture. But the reality is that when in the simple death of one single man, right, this small seed, Jesus makes this unbelievably otherworldly and spiritual investment of everything that he owns into your life. The seed of Jesus, his investment, spiritually, all things, all things that God has eternally invested into our lives. But the struggle that we have is that we don't live like that seed is present. We don't live like the reality of the fullness of God has been poured out into our lives. Instead, we act like spiritual orphans. We live unaware of God as father, unaware of the riches that have been poured out into our lives, that's gifted us, unaware of the adoption that has occurred and what it means to be part of his family, unaware of who we are and what we possess through our knowledge of Jesus. We have believed lies about our identity. Each of us have believed lies About our identity. And it's crippled us from loving and enjoying God. And it has crippled us from believing that we can be used by him. This morning, each of us live in this place, those who know Jesus, a spiritual abundance that we believe lies. Paul names this very real lie. I believe he confronts it in Romans chapter 8, 15 through 17. He says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, and by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of self bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and the children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Paul comes and says, listen, we did not receive the spirit of slavery. He comes into the moment. He says, guys, you are now adopted. You were heirs of God. You were co-heirs with Christ. Everything that belongs to, to Jesus now belongs to you. Everything that, that, that the Father has to give, it now belongs to you. But he comes in the moment and says, But listen, do not fall back into the yoke of slavery. He's naming the lie. He's naming the tension. He's naming the this fear that would so easily cripple and cause them to not actually step into their identity and the knowledge of who they are, because there was a lie here in this moment, right? A fear. There was literal fear for them in Rome. Literally, this, the, 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 the emperor had literally kicked out every single Jew from Rome. Because there was this guy named the Christ who was the king of the Jews. And he saw this, uh, this ruckus that they were causing here. And so he says, well, he's the king of the Jews. Let's kick out the Jews. So he kicked out the Jews. And then in this here in Romans, the, the Jews are coming back into Rome and they're having to do this thing of, of now connecting with the Gentiles and do church together. But in the tension of the moment, what they have is they have this fear again that something's going to happen. They'll be removed. They'll be kicked out or they'll, or they'll die. And so he comes in the moment and, and he says, listen. You are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Do not any longer be held in bondage of slavery to fear. Do not live defined by the lie, but live by the seed of God's investment into your life of everything that he has that now belongs to you in Christ. Don't believe the lie that you're not completely rich in him and do not believe the lie that you cannot give your life away. Each of us will wrestle with lies. Each of you have your own lie, this own tension, this own thing that you believe every day or that you wrestle with every day. That's going to keep you from recognizing who you are in Christ and also that God has a seed for you to give away. You all know the economy of the kingdom. He blesses so that we can bless. He gives so that we can give away. In our abundance, he continually pours out the richest of blessings, right? His manna every day and every day says there's excess. Now give it away. Each of us wrestled. This morning, look at some of the stories that Crystal named, right? Because in each of these stories, there are lies that can be believed, that people around would have believed that possibly you would have believed in the story of David and Goliath. How could someone so small and insignificant defeat the most fearsome warrior in the known world? The lies, right? It would speak to David could have felt invisible in the moment. As if one who cannot make a difference, right? He could have believed the lie of being inadequate as his brothers came to him and said, what are you doing? Just walk away. You idiot, right? Or he could have believed the lie of being incapable. Or he could have felt so dishonored by his brothers in the moment that he could have just run off and run home to take care of his sheep because it was much safer. What was the lie he could have believed? Because the seed of God's faith was inside of them saying, I've killed the bear and I've killed the lion. Who's the Philistine? What does he have? If God can empower me here, he'll empower me here. You can dishonor me all day long, but my father has honored me. I'm his son. Second is Gideon, right? He was afraid. hiding. He's hiding in the midst of this this battle that's impending. He thinks very little of himself. This is the lie that we believe, isn't it? We can think so little of ourselves. We think we have no strength, that there is no identity in Christ of being a powerful warrior that would define us, and it's the same place for, for Gideon, right? And then the moment God kind of awakens him, and there's thousands of people, what does God do? He brings it down and say, well, you could have had thousands, but I think it's best to go against tens of thousands with 300. And all of a sudden in the moment you would think, how can we win? There's no chance. There's no hope. There's no, pl- there's no plan, and there's no way that can get us to the end of this. But Gideon continued to press sin. He continued to believe. He did not believe the lie. The third thing was a small boy, two fish and five loaves. If he had lived in the south, we would have said, oh, bless his heart. That's what we would have said, right? Or we would have looked at just like smiled and laughed and then completely turned away and disregarded him here's a boy with literally a small seed right two fish five loaves for thousands and thousands of men women and children and in the moment he had faith he believed he did not think about those who said what are you doing it's just two fishes and five loaves listen all of us have that friend who says we can't he had a friend who said this is ridiculous we're hungry let's eat it ourselves he said, No. God's given me this seed. I'm going to give it to Jesus and let him plant it. And now we sit here and tell the story about that young man. This morning, there's a truth about God's riches in you that we must embrace. We must embrace them. There are lies. That you will listen. There are lies that you and, and I believe every day. And I just wonder if you know what they are. Like I could sit here, and Crystal could sit here all morning and say, You have a seed, you have a seed, and you can get moved by her word, and you may by chance even get moved by my message. That's great. But do you know the lies that literally keep you from stepping in to receiving the fullness of the riches and believing that God has poured out that you actually are an heir of God and that you stand side by side as a co-heir with Christ? And he looked at you and goes, everything i got belongs to you. Isn't that awesome? You've won the spiritual lottery, the investment of God's spirit, his seed into you. And do you, and if you were standing here, what lie would he tell you that you're believing in the moment? You're not enough. You're too insignificant. Your past is too bad, right? There's no hope for your present. Look what's going on in your life. There's no time. What lie do you believe every day in the context of Jesus' fullness for you and in the giving away? What is it for us? We have to ask God. Number one, we have to ask him. Jesus, what are the lies that I'm believing? Because here's the problem. Most lies are so entrenched into you, you actually think it's your own thought. What is it? Have you asked him? The second thing this morning for us is that we want to end this morning by turning our focus to God And the idea of him moving through us. Specifically, in the context of foster care, but that 's the primary thing that we 're talking about this morning and it 's foster care month as we talked about, but the idea is like God, what are you going to do through us? The idea for for vintage is that God planted a seed of calling in us to transform our community the calling that God has on vintage. you know this you 've been around vintage it 's our, our our vision is to transform our community to the love of jesus and and several years ago, listen, you know we planned this church and, and, I, and we were praying and saying God is shocking that you have not called us to the 1040 window for Randall and I. It's shocking that you've not called us to some foreign country because we have a heart for the unreached. So we praise this God. If you're going to plant us in Dallas, Georgia of all places, God... Of all places, God, that you have to give us an unreached people group. We will not be satisfied, Jesus. This was literally our prayer. This was our conversation. If you're going to send us to Dallas, then give us an unreached people group. We've passed 15 churches today just getting to our own church, Jesus. You've got to give us an unreached people group. And four and a half years ago, sitting in a conversation with two couples in this old community room over here, this couple began to speak, two couples began to speak about foster care and adoption. And foster care and adoption, and I I stopped hearing them, and I heard Jesus say, this is your unreached people group. This is them. I literally didn't hear him for 10 minutes because Jesus and I were having this moment of him planting a seed in me, of taking my heart and just going, oh, this is it. I had never thought about foster care in my life. That was terrible. I had no idea what it even was. I'm not going to lie, right? I'm like, foster care, what is it, right? I looked at them and said... Does anybody ever share the love of Jesus with these kids? Is there any expression in the county of the gospel being proclaimed that there's hope for them? And they just went, no, because they each had 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 foster children, and both of them now had adopted children. And I looked and said, stop. I'm sold. Let's do this. We're in. God's calling vintage to do this. The second part for us was the biblical conviction. James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless. He a million times, right? Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Religion that God our Father accepts is this. To care for orphans, to care for widows, and to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. For us, in the context of vintage, we recognize that the orphans that we're around every day in our community, they look different, yes, I know, than India or Africa, wherever it is, right? It is the children in foster care in our community. Those are the orphans today. And so we look at this and go, we don't just have a calling to do it. We have a biblical mandate as the people of God and as the church to come alongside of those who are orphans and to care for them. And so what I want to convey today is that for everyone to understand, working with the poor... Which is the, the orphan here, working with the poor, working with the orphan, the widow, right? It's not a unique individual calling we either do or do not receive from God. It is a biblical mandate for the body of Christ, the church. And so for us, like, and Crystal said it well, do you have to bring foster children to your home? No, that may not be the season that God has you in. But if you're part of vintage, there's something. And there's something that you're doing. There's something that you get to do. And there's something that as you do it, God awakens because there's something that happens. You know, again, the economy of the kingdom, when I am faithful to take what I've been given and to give it away, it's as if all of a sudden something breaks loose inside of me. It's almost like the seed, right? The seed, the trees he's talking about. All of a sudden, I give it away. It's like the 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 seed just breaks and a branch pops out. Oh, I didn't know that existed. I didn't know God could do that. I didn't know God was moving in that way. Oh my gosh, God, you're so, oh my gosh, God, there's something so good about taking what I've been given and giving it away, Jesus. And so what is it? What is it for you? What are you committed to? Not that you're just throwing something at, but that you're committed to, to give the best of yourself in this. In the context of vintage, in the context of your life, there's a unique calling that maybe you have outside of foster care. And that is awesome. And vintage wholeheartedly and completely supports that. Uniquely to you. But as it relates to you being part of the whole body, then we have one call as a body. is to care for the orphan and the widow. And the orphan in our midst are those in foster care. So you're doing something. You're doing something. And what, is the, what are the lies? What are the lies that you're believing keeping you from giving your life away? And in what ways is God now speaking in a minute, we're gonna watch a video that talks about the idea of community of care, which is what Crystal was speaking with. is people who came alongside their family in need, right? And came alongside us so the idea for community of care is real simple. There are those doing foster care here, and it's and it's just it's it's beautiful, amazing, and hard. And we want to come alongside and say, hey, we want to be a support. We want to, to buoy you and lift you in the things that we can do. So we're gonna watch a video here. And in the context of the video, we're going to name these. We're going to just look at some of the stories of our foster families here in the context of community of care and what that means. All that community of care simply means as community, as people, you're caring for their families, right? Both the mom and the dad and the, 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 the kids and then the foster children who are part of the home. So with that, watch this video and just get a snapshot of what's happening in community of care. And as you watch this, think about ways that we can plug into this.
1: Community of Care to us is being a part of a community and a family, particularly this church, Vintage 242, where we have families that come along with us on this journey.
2: Community of Care looks like a group of people that come along and support. They have your back, basically, uh, is how I see Community of Care. People who would call with an encouraging word, who would come take the kids, who would bring a meal, who just would lend an ear, who would smile at the babies when they see them at church community of care is family. That's what community of care is. it's, It's been a support and just being able to grab someone else in the community and say, Hey, this is what we're going through or having a question. Um, so just being able to talk to somebody who's been there has been a huge
1: support initially. It's not an easy process to be a foster parent, but when you have that support and you have people who are willing to cry with you and pray with you and, um, Just something as simple as bringing a meal to you, it really makes you feel like you can do it. Because there's some days that you feel like you know you're not gonna maybe get through that day quite as easily as you hope to. Um,
2: But when we first got the boys, um, people came with food, toys, clothes. So much so that we ended up having to say they have enough. (laughs) They have enough toys. They have enough clothes. No more clothes.
1: um... No more toys. (laughs) None.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So um, I can't imagine doing it without a community that is supportive and understanding of what we're going through. You know, uh, we have somebody very special that helped us, who is part of our community here and- She's an angel. She, we feel she's or our guardian an angel. angel. Yeah. She's always there when I need her. She, I don't even, even...
1: she even pops up when you don't even call her. I mean, she'll come and-
2: And she's just And there.
1: she'll just uh, volunteer and say, hey, I wanna come pick up the kids. a few hours and want to take them to the park you know um oh she's you know there's a lot of people in vintage 242 that does that on their own without even us asking they just take it upon themselves to volunteer to do that prior to coming here we were a member of a small church which we love and we still do but um it's just been really nice having other families that are on the same journey with us and um having if you have a, if you have any questions or anything you have someone that can help you along the way yeah,
0: For me community care is just um, people who let us know that we're not alone uh, in the context of working with our foster children it's wonderful it's beautiful it's hard and there are times when it's just good to have friends have family those that are around us who know we, who support us who care about us who love on us and just say hey, you can do this. And, uh, so, yeah, we love we love a uh, love our community of care. Yeah.
2: Possibly, if you're looking around, two kind of big um, boards. And one of them has the eight foster families at Vintage. And they have the, there's some information under, which basically says what area town they live in, who they're bio, you know, how many bio kids they have, how many they're fostering. And uh, just to give you a snapshot of who is fostering here at this point. And next to that, there is a clipboard with a sign up for people that are interested in being part of someone's community of care. And we are starting fresh with community of care. So if you've been on a community of care before, um, we're, we're kind of starting that over and we're gonna, if you're interested in being on someone's community of care, working with a specific family to come alongside and support and invest in the kid, And invest in the in the family then that's where you sign that that's a little bit more of a commitment Um, if you sign up to be someone's on someone's community of care you are committing to a monthly investment of some sort and that might be I'm gonna come over and do your laundry one day a week or I'm gonna come over and just bring you a meal once a month or I'm gonna come tutor your child, or I I promise that once a month, I'm gonna come and take your child and we're gonna take them with our family for the night or for the day or things like that. So the community of care is these people, you're committing to be a spiritual aunt, uncle, cousin, sister, brother to the kids and to really come alongside and be part of the family. Uh, Out there right now, you're not signing up for a particular family, you're just signing up saying, I wanna be on someone's team. And then the foster care leadership team will contact you directly and you guys can discuss families, where they live, and if you're interested in a particular family, that's when you have that conversation. But you can discuss things with someone on the leadership team of foster care. Uh, and then on the other board to the left, you'll see, this is for, um, if you're interested in, investing, but not necessarily with a particular family, that's the place you sign up there. So that might be, I'll volunteer for a parents' night out. We do monthly parents' night out where we watch the kids and, uh, and the parents go out on a date. So I'll give movie tickets to the family. I'll sign up to bring a meal. I'll bring a freezer meal. There are different things you can sign up on the left board that doesn't put you with a particular family, but that it's something that you are doing to invest in foster care vintage. And so Be looking at those. The board will be up for the month. Please feel free to sign up. We would love to get you grafted in to connect um, in some way this month. And so uh, Lori Deal is part of the foster care leadership team. She actually has our logo shirt on. She will be out there answering any questions that you have after this service about that in particular. Um, But thank you guys um, for you've done a beautiful job. I love our community. And just like those parents said, we... It's a, hard, it's a hard journey as a foster family, and y'all have been fantastic. There's nothing better than um, a meal showing up where you've had a really long day and you just don't know if you can do it anymore, right? And so thank you for all that you do. And so let us know if you have questions. Um, but thank you, Crystal, for coming.
0: Let's go ahead and invite our ministry teams to come forward this morning. We're going to go to a time of just uh, of worship, a time of prayer. And um, one of the things that, uh, sorry, let me get you I forgot your, oh, I know. okay, fantastic. <laughs> All right, so one of the things that's obviously as, we, as we're ending this morning, it's, God's been speaking different ways, and uh, this morning we're going to invite you to respond, and so I recognize for For some of you that there are lies that uh, you have believed and God this morning wants to begin to speak into those lies because it's one of those things I recognize and I want you to hear this when we have lies that we believe in our life about what God has done it makes running the race harder doesn't it that's the point. It's like, like we, we start out and we have this hope, right? We're going to do this. We're going to go lead this way. And all of a sudden we get into, all of a sudden we just begin to hear this. You're, you can't. You don't have time. You're insignificant. You're not capable. No one actually really likes you. You're not really part of the team. You're left out, whatever it may be. And so we have these lies then that we believe. And this morning I want you to take time and just to allow God Speak, but I recognize in the idea of service and of giving the seed away and investing, sometimes it's just hard to do because we're believing lies that have literally crippled us in our walk with him. And so that's the first one you to do this morning. We have ministry teams of Bill on both sides. They just want to take time and pray for you about these lies maybe that you're believing. If you came ready to give this morning, they're offering baskets here and they're offering box back there. And uh, then communion's available every Sunday. So we invite you to come. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to do your thing this morning. We invite you to speak into our lives. We invite you to speak into uh, these lies that we believe. So we pray, Father, for foster care. We pray for our, our children in foster care today. I pray, God, for the children who came into the fostering community just this week and have no idea what's going on. Who God, who have no idea where their parents are. So we just pray for them this morning. These are very real children with very real struggles, very real calling. And Father, you desire to put them into family. And I pray today, Jesus' advantage, that you would simply awaken us to the fact that this is is the call that you have in James 1. God, it's your commitment in Psalms. He says, hey, I'm going to put the lonely and put them in families. And so, Jesus, you will be done today. You respond as the Lord leads this morning as you walk out. Don't forget to look at the board on your way out. We well, are officially done for service, and I'm not going to come back up here. I'm going to worship. So if you're, when you're ready to leave, you can leave. And if you want to stay, you can stay. You guys have a great day.